Hey, you guys. What's going on? Happy Sunday. And we're doing a movie review. Yep. We're finally, finally getting around to doing Black Hawk Down. Because yeah. Louis sent us this movie yeah. several weeks ago. Like, he sent us this one in Highlander. So we already did yeah. Highlander, like, a couple weeks back. But we just hadn't got around to doing Black Hawk Down yet because we just hadn't had time to watch it and stuff like that. But finally, we watched it last night. It's so. had Blu-ray, 4K, and then a bonus disc, which we haven't seen the bonus disc yet. But it's yeah. probably a bunch of historical stuff. And then documentaries on making it. This is a fucking great movie. It is, it's yeah. This is, I actually don't think... I don't think I saw this when it came out. And I, I had forgotten how old this movie was. It's, it came out in 2001. Yeah. Which uh, is crazy. Which actually was only eight years after the actual incident that it is inspired by. Yeah, it's all-star cast. All-star cast, too. And I didn't realize Tom Hardy was in this. I didn't notice him. He played uh, Twombly. Okay, yeah, I didn't notice him. Like one of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just kind of, yeah. I didn't recognize him either. Because like yeah. I said, they all, you know, everybody had helmets on and they were all dirty and yeah. bloody and stuff like that. So it was like kind of like, I recognized a lot of the actors like Tom Sizemore and obviously Ewan McGregor and uh, Eric Bana and some other people like that. But I didn't realize it was Tom Hardy until I looked yeah. out. This was actually his first uh, movie because this was before okay. he got real famous. Orlando Bloom was in this too. I don't think it was Orlando Bloom's first movie, but... Um, but he, this was kind of before he was like super famous. Also, this um, this movie, as far as war movies goes, on par with Apocalypse Now in terms of quality. It, it's not it, the tone is very different. You know, it's not as uh, say artistic or stylistic or symbolic. You know, the way um, uh, Apocalypse Now was, but it's just as epic. It's pretty long, and it's all just the fucking mission that they were doing. There's a little bit of build-up. They, they introduce you to the guys as they start, you know, start off their version, uh, you know, their parts in the mission. But it's just the, the mission and what a clusterfuck it was. Now, this movie <clears throat> is about a time when I was in service. I was in service with the 101st Airborne Division, the 1st and 327 Recon Platoon. And they came, MI, came and interviewed us. For something we didn't know what it was but it was operation restore hope which is that's what this was about operation restore hope and they were just asking us crazy questions they came dressed in civilian clothes so you didn't know what rank of the person was you were talking to they were just trying to get you to speak freely and they would ask us weird they were asking us questions at a platoon level they were like, what would happen? And then they broke down, also down to squad levels and asked guys at squad levels questions. And they were just asking questions like, what if you were in a place and there was a building and people in the building were shooting at you and inside that building were friendly civilians? How would you handle that situation? And they were just crazy stuff like that. And we told them the truth. We were like, oh yeah, we... We know what you're talking about. Friendly civilians mixed with enemy in the same country. And, and, and we were like, that doesn't happen. It says, because if you kill some of those guys, the friendlies turn on you because they're all related. So we called it. And, you know, there were guys in my platoon that just were just laying it down. They're like, what you're talking about is a clusterfuck. Don't go over there. You don't, if you send, if you want to, if you send us, we're going to annihilate them all. We're going to blow that whole building down. It says, you know, if this is that kind of situation, you don't send us. And they didn't. 
<laughs> they didn't send us. They sent us to Egypt instead to do the MFO mission. And while I was in that MFO mission, it was about six months, we heard that this had happened. I was up on OP-311. And, and uh, Ross, man, they shot down a whole bunch of helicopters down in, in, in Mogadishu. It was like, what? Oh, yeah, man. One helicopter after another. And they were trying to come and rescue the guys. They just kept shooting down more helicopters. And then about a week later, we were able to see video of, like, dudes from Mogadishu dancing with body parts of the fucking helicopter pilots and stuff. Now, the pilots in this... We're from Task Force 160 Special Operations Aviation. That was my uncle's unit. His name was CW3 Frost. And he was a little bird pilot. And he, he was in on this. I don't know if he was in this actual mission, but he went to Mogadishu. He wouldn't tell me because Task Force 160, that they're working with that SFOD or Delta and SF. And they just don't talk about anything. He was just a wild dude. Now he's a bodyguard and helicopter pilot for an emir over in fucking UAE or something. Dude's a little bit older than me and just fucking shredded. Pushing 60, looks fucking great. But, so this story, I'm kind of parallel to this. I'm watching it, all the equipment, I'm recognizing it. Some of it I'm not recognizing. I go, oh, those are Marines, you know. But it, it's a wild movie, man. It's good. Real good. And it goes down fairly accurately from based on memory of what had happened. I mean, more or less. There yeah. were some stuff they changed around, which they did actually get criticized for. I think one of the main criticisms, Ridley Scott directed this, yeah. uh, actually. One of his good movies. And uh, yeah. well, a lot of his movies are good. Some of them. This was the one He's that this man. is the one that he did after Gla Gladiator. Yeah, like okay. you know, this was the one he made after Gladiator. Yeah, and he actually got four Oscar nominations for this, like a Best Director one and stuff. He he won two. I think it was Best Sound Editing and some one other one. But uh, this did win some Oscars and like made some okay money and got like good critical notices and stuff. But it did get criticized for some of the stuff they changed. I mean, one of a couple of the things they changed that you know obviously you would just have to. Because it's based on a book that was written by a journalist who was embedded and he was there and he saw a bunch of the stuff happen. But it's kind of like, um, you know, obviously they had to winnow down like the kind of hundred or so key figures in the actual thing, like down to about 39 characters in this. So some of the people were, you know, conglomerations of several characters. They did that. Um, Somalia, uh, the Somalis were, uh, particularly uh, called for a boycott because, uh, one, they were mad because no Somali actors, uh, were actually used in this, which, uh, they thought was, and there were no, um, Somali, like, uh, there was nobody that was like consulting on the movie, like, you know, to kind of give their perspective or anything. And a lot of them were mad that the way that the, it made them all just look like a bunch of savages. So they were kind of pissed off about that. Some of the actual Somalis that were portrayed in the movie, like the guy at the beginning that was captured, like, he's like, I'm nothing like that. That's not how the situation was. So there's that kind of shit. And I don't know. So I kind of feel like that was the main uh, criticism of it. And like I said, they changed around some of the things, but more or less, it's pretty accurate to what happened. Like, kind of. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, the thing about it, though, is that the way it's shot, this movie, it's just like, it fucking... 
it's almost kind of like the way he shot. It's not, I don't want to say it's like documentary style because actually the cinematography in this is quite beautiful. The, and that was one of the, um, one of the Oscar nominations that it got was best cinematography. It didn't win. I think Lord of the Rings won, but it was nominated anyway. Cause I was commenting on it. I was like, ah, oh, the cinematography in this is gorgeous. But the way he shot it, it was almost kind of like you were an embedded journalist. It was very much like a, like you were there. And so it was like really, the whole thing was like really, really tense. And you have to think too, uh, I think this was a big influence on um, Call of Duty. Because Call of Duty, yeah. the video games didn't come out until after this movie. Okay. So I think that this was kind of one of the things that they were homaging. You know what I'm saying? It's very accurate to the times. Yeah. The feel of it, that, yeah, and the look, that's the way it looked. That's what it felt to be in service in any kind of air assault or airborne infantry or Delta SF, Task Force 160, all those guys. Anything out of Bragg or Campbell. It's, in those days, this is what it, it pretty much looked like. It had Marines in there, too, with their 20-inch ARs, and their, some of their equipment's a little bit different. Just the way that they did things is a little bit different. But the Army guys, yeah, that's it. That's it. I yeah. Was, uh, so I was impressed with kind of like the accuracy, the visual accuracy and the accuracy of the, the culture of the time. The Army culture was like that. Well, they did have all the actors... Um, that were playing their respective characters, they actually did meet the people and like hung out with them and yeah. they put them through like the, the ranger school and everything yeah. like that. So it's like they, like I said, it seemed like they tried to get it as accurate as it was possible to yeah. make it while still like making it a, a good movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was a different time, man. It was before Molly. Everything was like in, it was, they were still using Alice type equipment and mixed in with uh, some of the new LBVs and. Guys were wearing black one-piece kind of LBV-style body armor. that I'd never really seen that. That was something the task force was wearing at the time. Just the helmets, the fucking the birds that they were flying. That was it. Yeah. It was good, man. They, they called it. That, that, that's exactly it. The weaponry. And I liked, one of the things I liked about it is when they showed any of the ARs from the Marines or one task force, a couple things from task force that I think they got wrong, but, um, but when they were showing the, uh, uh, Rangers and shit, their weapons were all beaten up and that's the way they really looked. There was a lot on all the high spots on the upper and lower receivers of ARs were just ground down to the aluminum. So it was shiny. It was black and not black. They were dark gray and silver, a lot of silver highlights. Because every angle was worn down to the metal, to the aluminum. And a lot of times when they have these war movies, it's a brand new, out-of-the-box weapon. There's no aluminum showing. Like something that came out just right out of the box. Nobody had weapons. Well, it probably box. did. Because it did come like, out of the box. We just ordered the props start, for the right, movie. It was a prop. <laughs> but these look like real weapons. Real army weapons. SF or whatever. They're beaten up looking. Because it was kind of a... Kind of a, um, a status symbol to have equipment that was kind of beaten up looking. You didn't want to look like you just came out of basic training. Well, yeah. Everything I mean, was worn and beaten up. You can see, yeah, you can see. Yeah, that. like, that motherfucker works. Yeah, no, he yeah. works for a living. You know, that kind of shit. So everything we had was just beaten up. It, it worked, though. You know, or you wouldn't be carrying it. Now, one thing I noticed that was wrong, I think it was wrong, because I wasn't in Task Force 160, but one of the Task Force guys... He gets knocked out of the bird, 
and he's got an MP5, and it's a collapsible stock short-barreled MP5. It's not a K, though. It's an MP, MP5, and he does a little action with that. And during that time, I don't think Task Force had that weapon. They had another MP5 at that time that was a PDW, or personal defense weapon. It had a side folding stock on it. And I think it had a slight, I think it had a, a small foregrip. And I even think it might have had a flashlight. And it went in a leg holster, a low slung leg holster. And I didn't see any of those in this movie, but I remember that they had those. So I think that might have been a, maybe they couldn't get that weapon. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a pretty minor. Yeah thing like to get wrong right. if it if it indeed it was wrong yeah it was like thing. an mp5k it has slightly different front end front end on it and it had a side folding stock that's what it looked like um and i think it even i think you could put a suppressor on there i think there and they had a shorter mag and it all went into a leg holster it was too big for that leg holster i'm telling you but they did it they were chopper pilots it's not like they were running around they just wanted to make sure that they could fly fly a chopper, and if they got thrown out of the chopper or the wreck, that they could get out of there and they'd have a weapon on them that they could use. Which, in this particular movie, it's a good thing that that's exactly what happens. He's kind of thrown from a chopper, and he's got something with him to fight with. He runs out of ammo, though. Gets captured. Gramther says, uh, Gramther has known some special forces guys. Two things. One, they don't talk much about their trade and never, ever bragged about shit. Two, they weren't big musclehead bohunks. They were small, wiry guys. Yeah, pr right prior to uh, live streaming, I was watching a documentary about the Battle of Mogadishu because I don't remember a lot. Like, I remember the broad outlines, and I read a book about it, like, a long time ago. Like, but um, I didn't remember a lot of the details. So I read, and they had a lot of the guys, like, the real guys that were there. And that that was one thing I noted. They were all, like, kind of, yeah, like, small, like wiry dudes. Yeah, they looked like, look like small, wiry dudes, and, yeah. you know, with glasses and stuff like that. Yeah. They weren't, like, real big, uh, mm. like, meathead-looking dudes or anything mm. like that. And, um... It was, like, pretty fucking uh, terrifying, like, yeah. listen to their story about it. And I also kind of, and they kind of go into this at the beginning of the movie where they give you kind of, like, an extended, like, text thing, which is kind of, like, giving you some context, like, for, you know, what the Battle of Mogadishu, like, what uh, kind of caused it. But I don't remember if they said, they're like, well, prior to, um, you know, the late, like, the early 1990s. It seemed like uh, they they had like uh, humanitarian efforts going on there because there was a lot of warlords and like they you know the Red Cross and stuff would send the food because of the um, you know all the civil war was causing uh, mass starvation so they were they were sending food there and then a like a lot of the warlords were stealing the food um, you know so they could use it to pay their soldiers and blah de blah and so all these people were starving and so all these countries got involved UN got involved and they were trying to get the food to the starving people and for a time no one was really taking a side like with any of the warlords and consequently uh most of the people in somalia were okay with um you know the the various troops being there whether they were americans or pakistanis or whoever but then it happened that the warlord who's kind of like at the center of this movie like the thing that happened here i did um, he let his behest apparently, and they think maybe Al Qaeda was involved too, ended up killing some Pakistani peacekeepers. At which point the American government said, well, we need to crack down on this bullshit and like bring him in. And then 
it seemed like a lot of Somalis perceived that we were taking sides then and that they didn't want the Americans there. They didn't want the UN there. And so they started like fighting back against them. Yeah. Now, having been in this business, whatever the army tells you the mission is, and they told us it was basically what she said, we're going to hand out food to these people, you know, then warlords are stopping us from handing out food to these people. We knew that was a cover story. All right, They never tell you the real reason. That's what they tell the army, so you'll shut the fuck up and just do the mission. And that's what they tell civilians. That's just a cover story. There was another reason why they wanted to get in there. It's just that they don't let us know. You'll probably never know. It probably had to do they wanted to get in there and destroy Al-Qaeda. It's probably all it was. Because there was some relation there, yeah. and they found out later that there yeah. was a link up between. But they can't come out and say, we're going to get involved in this other country, <clears throat> and a bunch of y'all are going to get killed, and we're going to destroy Al-Qaeda. It won't make a difference, but we'll make a bunch of money off of contracts. And then once we have that place, we can use it as a launch pad to jump out and do it again somewhere else. It's empire building. It definitely. But it's never what they tell you it is. It's like weapons of mass destruction. Get the fuck out of here. Liberation of Kuwait. Come on. That, that was not, that, that, that had nothing to do with any of that. That's the cover story. That, that's what they tell the people to get them to accept the war. The real reason is always veiled. I mean, the thing about this one, and we were talking about this like after the movie was over, and I think that was one of the reasons why it took us so long to win. Not only because this movie is like quite long, it's like two and a half hours, and we didn't have like a long enough chunk of time to watch it, but I was like, I know that this movie is going to be a bummer. Um, and it was like, it's, I don't, it's fucked up to say it's like entertaining. It is an entertaining movie in the sense that it's like really tense and it really like gets you involved in like in the action and stuff. But it's ultimately a downer because one, not only is it based on a true story and a bunch of horrific fucking shit happened, um, but also because it was ultimately... And I was watching the documentary before and like some of the guys that were really there, they said, oh, you know, some of the parents of the people that the soldiers that were killed there were like you know did my son die for nothing and you know and they're like well we don't like to think of it like that because it's you know everybody showed bravery and stuff which they did but i just don't know i mean they shouldn't have been there in the first place and that like makes me really sad that this whole fucking clusterfuck didn't have to happen because the thing about it is that their mission simply was to get well simply was to go into they had intel that Idid and his uh, some of his generals and stuff were going to be at this hotel. They're having a big meeting. And so they were going to go in there and capture a couple of the guys. And it was supposed to be really easy. And the thing about it is that when I was watching the documentary, like the guys that were actually in the mission, they said, well, at first it was really easy. Like we just got in there. It was no problem. We, we got the prisoners. We got the guys we were supposed to get. We got them in the convoy. And then a few minutes later, uh, one of the... Blackhawks got shot down by an RPG. And uh, at that point, everything went horribly, horribly sideways. Um, because essentially everyone in like all the Somalis and Mogadishu were like fighting back against them. Another helicopter got shot down. They couldn't get to the people because like some of the people were like some of the soldiers in the, um, in the Blackhawk were killed outright, but some of them were just wounded. And so... You know, they're rangers. They don't leave anybody. Even if you're dead, they're going to go in there and get your body. So it's like, it was just this battle. And that's what the whole movie is about. It's just this one. I think, how long was the battle? Was it like 17, 18 hours? Something yeah. like that. And like, so they're basically just like fighting through these, all this urban warfare, trying to get 
to this helicopter that crashed, like, to get the people back out of it. And they're just being fucking shot at and blown up and shit like that. And it's just horrifying. Like, just the whole thing is just so... It's it's just so tense, like, sitting there watching it. And they really did a good job with, um, too, with the realism of the injuries. Especially that one where, like, the dude gets his hand shot. Yeah, and like, fingers are going. Yeah. And that one, yeah, well, the real guy, like, yeah. um, that was on there, he, he said that he saw that guy, he saw that happen, and he's like, you could see him running down the street, and you could see his thumb was just, like, flopping against his yeah. arm like that, and it's like, you could see it was all fucked up. But he got, like, his gun shot out of his hand, and it just, like, yeah. fucking blew his hand up. Yeah, shit went down exactly like we told him was, that it was going to go down. That it didn't matter. It didn't matter what they said. If you went down there and you killed anybody, then they would all turn against you. And that's exactly what happened. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty just, much the whole and city. It's, it's, it, it, that's just the way it is, okay? Race is a factor. If you have some white people show up, you just kill some black people. It'd be the same thing if if some black people showed up and killed a bunch of white people. From, and they're all from different countries. They're all just going to fucking bah, fight. They're all going to fight the, the foreign invader. It doesn't matter who was stealing the food or who was right or wrong. They just, they're all related. You kill one of them, you're, you're killing fucking family members and shit. <laughs> You know what I mean? They're not going to sit there and let you kill some of their guys. They don't care that they're warlords. They don't care that they've been stealing. It's just not in human nature. So we called it. We knew exactly how it was going to go down. And I guarantee you, MI knew exactly that that's how it would go down. And they were dependent on it to go down that way. They knew. They knew it would do that. They just didn't realize it was going to be that difficult. They, th they, they were probably like, yeah, it'll get into a fight where we're going to have to fight them all but they're not going to be very good fighters and it'll, it'll justify us wiping them out. And then we could, we could have large not swaths of land. Not quite how that happened, though. It's not how it happened. Is it? <laughs> but that's what they were thinking. Yeah. That's what they were thinking. Never, never, never take the mission at face value. They're always giving you the cover story. Because it's high, it's, it's high security. The truth is high security. The truth is top secret. <laughs> they're just going to give you the fucking cover story. And, and, it's going to be the same cover story they're giving to the American public. And it's, it's bullshit. And that's exactly what happened. There's this whole thing was fucking bullshit. They didn't feed anybody. And who they were going to feed turned out to be their enemies anyway. And there was nothing to be gained there, as far as we knew. Dudes got killed. 19 people got killed. Yeah, there was all On our kind. side. Like, and yeah. they don't know how many Somalis got killed. All kinds of bravery shit happened. And dudes showing their skills and showing how awesome they were as soldiers. All for nothing. <laughs> and then they all just left. And, you know, if anybody it's ever tells sad. you... It's a sad If story. anybody ever tells you, well, you'll never defeat the American army with fucking an assault rifle, you're full of shit. That's who's been whipping our asses for fucking 40 years, man. Dudes, well, I 80 IQ motherfuckers and flip-flops and fucking AKs have been whipping our asses for fucking decades. That's how you do it. You know, you just resist. You know what's crazy? Yeah, and actually, yeah. like I said, the documentary I was just watching, like one of the actual guys that was there who they interviewed, um, you know, he was young then, obviously, yeah. like when he was going through this, and he said that as soon as he's like, you know, the mission seemed easy at first, everything was going the way it was supposed to go, we got the guys we were supposed to get, we were going to leave, and then when the helicopter got shot down, he said the first thing he thought was like, this isn't how this is supposed to go, we're the Americans. Yeah. You know, he, and like yeah. the fact that he said that he admitted that he thought that, yeah. like, you know, he thought everything was going to be, and they kind of like show that in the movie too, where they're just going to like, oh, it's going to be a piece of piss, you know, it's going to be super easy, we're going to go in and out, they said it's 30 minutes tops, we'll be back here in an hour. 
You know what I mean? And yeah, that's not mm. how that went down. No. Well, because they kind of, I don't know. They seem to like kind of underestimate. Like I said, all it took was like one dude like on a roof and there was tons of people, like just yeah. tons of Somalis. They were on the roofs. They were in the every alley. And it's like they all had heavy weaponry. Yeah. They all had RPGs. They all had, and So all it took was for them to shoot down one Blackhawk yeah. in the middle of like this alley and then they couldn't get to it. Everybody was lost. Like yeah. they had this other dude, the other dudes like up in this other Blackhawk, like trying to tell everybody mm. where it was because they couldn't see it. And then like everywhere they went, they were just getting fucking shot at. And then yeah. now the, 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 you know, helicopter was down. Everybody knew, like all the Somalis knew where that was. So it's like they wanted to prevent people from getting there. They were trying to like, you know, so they're building like roadblocks like at the end of alleys and shit yeah. like that and just ambushing the convoys that were trying to yeah. come in there and like save everybody. Hunter first didn't tell them what, what they wanted to hear. We told them, said, no, that's a clusterfuck. We'll never do that. You sent us there, we're going to kill everybody. So they was like, fuck no, we're not going to send Hunter first. And, they, and that was, E4 and below was telling them that. But then the the units that actually volunteered for it and said that they would go, they were the biggest fucking ass-kissing units. They're good units, but they're ass-kissers. Rangers will tell them anything. Oh, yes, sir, we can do that. Oh, yes, sir, we're, we're rangers, we can do that. They won't even ask SF or Delta or anything. They'll just go. They'd do anything they're told. 10th Mountain went, because 10th Mountain, they're a good unit. They're clusterfuck up in the mountains. Yeah, sure, we can do that. Marines, oh, they're always going to say, yeah, we can do that. We're the Marines. Man, no. No. I mean, you no. have to kind of know when. No. You have to know what your weaknesses are. Yeah. <laughs> like. You have to know when to cut your losses. No. Because this just went, like I said, all it took was that one helicopter being shot down, and then everything just started yeah. going very, very for, badly. Well, for, for us in, in the business, the whole friendly and enemy mixture angle, well, the enemy and the friendlies will be mixed together. We're, and we're like, no, no, they won't be mixed together. They're all enemy. Well, what do you mean they're all enemy? Well, if the if the enemy is firing at you and the friendlies are with them, not killing the enemy, then they're all enemy. They're not helping us, so they're enemy. And that's exactly what the army at that time, MI, did not want to hear that. And they says, no, if they're not helping us, they're enemy. And we were right. Fucking right. We were like, don't send us in there. You crazy? <laughs> yeah. He said, well, if you have snipers in the building and you have all these women and children, we're going to call an artillery strike on that building. Yeah. Because, you know, and fucking, there's an NCO saying, well, I'd rather kill a whole bunch of civilians than get one of my guys killed. I mean, they're foreign civilians, you know, fuck them. You know, we have to go there to straighten their problems out. They deserve it. So, nope, nope, 101st not going. <laughs> ben said, uh, Eric, Bano, Eric Bano was really good in this film. Yeah, I liked him in this, although a lot yeah. of people don't seem to like his performance. I read on Wikipedia that uh, Ewan McGregor's character in this movie, whose name was Grimes, was yeah. actually, he was like a conglomeration of a couple of different, like the character that he was, the real guy that he was supposed to be playing, um, that real guy, it turned out, uh, was later convicted of raping his six-year-old daughter. What? So yeah. they didn't want, obviously they didn't want <laughs> like that character in the movie. So they just kind of changed it up a little bit. But yeah, so that's why. Um, yeah, Stradog78 said, I remember I rented Chopper and Black Hawk Down at the same time. It took me years to realize Eric Bana starred in both movies. He looked so different. Um, Samantha said, I love all the random folks in this. 
Ridley used Orlando Bloom and uh, Nikolai for his next movie, Kingdom of Heaven. And then Ben said, uh, disclaimer, I have Blackhawk down on 4K and have watched it a number of times. Somalia has untapped oil reserves. That's the whole reason the U.S. was there. Yeah, that tracks. Oh, yeah. That tracks. Oh, there's be more, there was more to it than that, I guarantee you. Something that CIA and MI and SOCOM, Special Operations Command, they had all gotten together. And then the military industrial complex, all the damn corporations that were going to, you know, all the corporations that were going to fuel the army for all their equipment. They was, shit was lining up and they were like, well, there's, there's, we could do something with this. That's what they were saying. But that whole, when, when they came at it, we didn't know what they were interviewing us for. It's just based on what they were saying. It was bad. We wanted nothing to do with it. It turned out to be this. We were right. And it's funny how little E3s and E4s can fucking predict how a whole fucking war will go. <laughs> well, you know, it's just... It's not a good... Like I said, it's not a good situation. Yeah. It's all around. And really, it was just... And there was some element, and I don't know how much of this was just, like, from the movie or whatever, but there was, like, a little bit of element of, like, overconfidence at the beginning. It's like, oh, yeah, it'll be so easy. Like, we just go in there and get the guys, and then all of a sudden, Mm. all it took is, like, one RPG, like, taken out of fucking, you know, taken out the Blackhawk, and and then it just, everything started going, like, to shit, and then they suddenly, the whole city turned against them, and it's like they couldn't get to the people, and... They were just all getting fucking blown away. Yeah. An RPG is a rocket-propelled grenade. All right? It's just a damn launch tube, and it's got a grenade. It's about that long. It's... Or it's a rocket. It, it's part... It, it's actually more of a... More of a grenade than it is a rocket. An explosion to launch it, throw it out, kind of like a recoilless rifle. Some of them have a little bit of a rocket motor that'll thrust it for a few seconds. Some, some of them don't. Depends on what load it is. But it's totally unguided. It's some old Soviet stuff based on some old German stuff from World War II. The, the launcher's only a couple hundred bucks, brand new, and they probably get them bet cheaper than that on the international arms market, but especially used. And the grenades and or the rockets, oh man, it's probably 50 bucks, 100 bucks for one of those. No guidance systems, none of this high-tech shit, and they can shoot down a helicopter with that. Yeah. Okay, Why? Because you get good with it. You get good with it. You don't... I, I cannot stand America's addiction to technophilia. They're, they're, they're technophiliacs where you have to have something that can lock on and fucking guide. And, no, just good tactics and good skills. Fucking... There were um, Iraqi Fedayeen. Six guys. A team of six. They were trained to take out tanks. I think it's six guys took out a single... Um, M1 Abrams tank with just uh, RPGs. And they did it by taking out the vision ports. A track, they hit the track, and then they hit the vision ports. And then they got on top of it and just poured gasoline down in, in, in their carrot, or was it diesel fuel? They poured diesel fuel down certain sensitive spots and set it on fire and just cooked all the guys in there alive. You don't have to punch through armor. There are other ways. And just skill, you know. And these are just, these are Iraqis. Iraqi Special Forces, Fedeen. They were pretty good if they were in the right spot. Skill and manpower, that really makes the difference, not technology. Like I said, you really can't underestimate. Yeah. I mean, particularly when you're in, like, when you're in someone else's territory. Yeah. Uh, and, you know. And, they got home team and advantage. That's what I mean. And you're surrounded, essentially surrounded yeah. by hostiles. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe they don't have the technological shit that you have, but obviously they don't need it in a lot of, yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. And I don't know. So I, so I just feel like this whole, like, this is a great movie, but, um, it's really a bummer. Yeah. It's really a bummer because it just seems like all of this shit happened and it didn't have to happen. Like those people didn't have to die. Those people didn't have to you know the people that got wounded that's it's just fucked up it just didn't have to it's happen just for at an all ab- an aborted mission just a yeah stupid, it just didn't have stupid, to happen at all and it just bit. seemed like such a fucking waste yeah you know what i mean it's just i think that's what made me like the saddest about it was that it was just a fucking waste of of yeah of life you know what i mean all yeah. these poor people and like i said it's and that's not to discount like the you know the heroism and stuff like that because yeah those dudes were yeah, they were good they were fucking brave man yeah, it's yeah. like there's you know they yeah. knew they were gonna get killed they're like yeah, yeah. we gotta go in there and get get our buddies we gotta get their body even if they knew they were dead they're like yeah. we don't leave anybody behind so the fact that they actually were dude that's awesome i mean that's yeah. you know but and they're good man the u.s yeah. army was fucking good at that time real good Probably the best, better than it was in in your in in the second part of the Iraq War. No man, fucking nineties. Nineties was the shit. Quality control was fucking top notch for troops. Troop recruitment was fucking top notch. Quality control was top notch. Only people who wanted to be there, they were fucking pros, man. Real good. Fucking Rangers were the fucking beast back in those days. I don't know what they're like now. Probably nowhere near as what they used to be. Special kinda, Forces isn't what it used to be. I kind of like um, the line that, I guess, of like Eric Bana's character says it in there, where it's it's almost like he didn't really care about like the larger mission or anything like that. He was basically saying something to the effect of, you know, our whole mission is just, we just have like looking out for their buddies, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're just defending the people that are fighting with you and they're not really worried about Yeah, well, picture. those dudes knew that this shit was a cover story. They're not going to tell you why they were really there. Um, the U.S. government wanted something there. They thought it was going to be easy, but it wasn't going to be easy and it wasn't worth. Whatever it was that they wanted wasn't worth it. So then they just they pulled out. Yeah. But what the that story of feeding people and we're, no no it didn't, they don't give a shit about that. When have they ever given a shit about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? They'd be feeding half of Africa if they gave a shit about that. They, you know? No, they didn't care about that. It was something else. This is what you told. That's just what they told mom and pa back home, and the troops. October Wraith said, war is never good, but it's part of our DNA. I don't think we can change. We're strange creatures. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a shame. Jones Perkins says, great movie, great podcast. Well, thank you very much. Ben says, the soundtrack of Black Hawk Down is also top rate. Yeah, I really liked, I think Hans Zimmer did the score, uh, and he went a little experimental with it, which I thought was really cool. But yeah, it had like some uh, good music in it as well. It had, he said it had Joe Strummer from The Clash and The Pogues and stuff like that. So yeah, um, but... I don't know. This just, uh, I'm trying to think of like the other, I know there was like another criticism that this got when it came out. I think that also the Malaysians and the Pakistanis were mad because they, they had like a much larger role in the mission and in that whole situation than they showed. They really didn't show, I think they mentioned them and like at the end, like after they got back to the soccer stadium or like to the safe zone, like they had the Pakistani soldiers like bringing them water and stuff. But you know, I, like I said, I, I feel like when I was watching the documentary, and I don't remember if they mentioned this in the, at the beginning of the movie or not, but it was a bunch of Pakistani peacekeepers that got killed that sort of, like, turned the tide of the Somalis against 
like all these people being there. You know what I mean? Like prior to that, they weren't they weren't really bothered because you know no one was taking any sides as far as it went. But after that happened, and then there was like a whole clusterfuck, and then this whole fucking mission happened. But I mean, as war movies go, I think this is a really really good because in a lot of ways it's as realistic as they could you know, I guess likely make it. When I was watching it, I was like, holy shit, it looks so much like, um, you know, what I remember of the news footage, like from Somalia and stuff like that. And I was like, obviously they didn't shoot it there. But um, but I was like, where the fuck did they shoot this? It turns out they shot it in uh, Morocco. I think they were going to do it in Jordan, but they said, well, where they, where they wanted to shoot was like too built up. So they went to like, they found some place in Morocco and shot it because I was like, holy crap, it looks really... Uh, accurate to at least what I remember from of the news footage at the time. Yeah, some of the stuff was a little misleading to a civilian. Like they showed a couple scenes where chopper pilots put on nods, which is nods are what we call night vision devices. They're goggles that you can see. They're they're usually a monocle monocle type. In that time, it was probably the ANPVS seven. It's probably what they were using. Um, I've looked through PVS sevens. Every squad leader had one, or, or te- team leader and squad leader had one in the units that I was in. And uh, the way they showed it is they showed it looks like black and white, or excuse me, a green and white, or green and black and white image. But when they show it in this, they show it very clear. And that's not the way it really looks. Usually it's kind of muddy. It's kind of clear, but the the more light there is, in the field, the muddier it, the image becomes. We never really used, we never really liked them. They're they're not they were not dependable. Which and I think some of these new video games give civilians the idea that night vision is like something that's real dependable and that you have to have it and that soldiers love it. No, we hated it. We hated it and didn't trust it. They were good for walking around, navigation at night through through, through um, darkness. As soon as firefights and shit started happening, tracers go out everywhere. And in this case, they would have been in an urban environment. Most of that shit would have been washed out. You wouldn't have seen much. You just take the goggles off. What's up, Pope? What's the matter, Pope? Okay. <laughs> she just went, yeah. <laughs> And then you take the goggles off, and your eyes had been adjusted to that image inside that nod. So now you're, 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 it takes a long time for your eyes to adjust to the normal darkness. And when you're young, it's not as good as now that I'm older, but when you're young, your night vision can be developed. You, you can see real well at night. I don't know how I did it, but I used to be able to read by moonlight. That's how good I got at that. Well, it's just and like anything else. Right. You would just get like uh, inured to it. You right. would get used to it. I couldn't do it now. No, my but, night my night vision is getting yeah. worse and worse, which it does as you right. get older, you know. But by the by, full moonlight, I could read, you know, a printed page. I couldn't do that now. No, probably not. But I, you know, I I kind of feel like that with with night vision and stuff like that. Maybe you have to give them some leeway for like a cinematic experience. Yeah. You don't really want it to be completely realistic because then people would complain about yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. They'd be like, "Well, why does the rest of the movie look all crisp and beautiful, and then we do the night thing?" It yeah, the no, night vision's real. It's all fucked up looking, even though that's maybe what it would really yeah. have looked like at the time. Yeah, but it looks, it looks okay when there's when it's mostly dark, but when there's a lot of light light sources happening, it starts to muddy out. 
So, I mean, they kind of, I feel like they kind of went into that, like, toward the end of the movie where he was trying to get the, that strobe thing and he was yeah. trying to get it, like, up on the roof of the building so the guys yeah, knew where to, it like, it was a target designator. The, like, the target designator thing. Yeah. Like, so, the, yeah, so they would know where to hit it. So I kind of, and you couldn't really see because they're like, look, we can't fucking see what's going on because everybody's shooting at everybody and there's fire everywhere. And so it was all, like, whiting everything out. But yeah. Um,. I don't know. So I, I really appreciate Louis sending me this movie, sending us this movie, because I don't think I saw this at the time that it came out. Even though, it was, it. Yeah, yeah. even though it was Ridley Scott, it seemed like something that I probably would have gone to see, but I don't think I ever got around to seeing it, even though I always kind of wanted to. I actually sort of like forgot that it was Ridley Scott until like later on. I never knew. Yeah. but And he did get nominated, like I said, for an Oscar for this but he didn't win but he was nominated it's a great war movie best director it's a great war movie it yeah i mean it really does immerse you in and somebody pointed out they really like the practical effects in this yeah and it's really it stresses you out man i was like stressed out watching this fucking movie because it really seems like you're really immersed it's almost like a first person thing like a lot of it and then just the way that people just get fucking shot and it's just like it's horrifying like i said i think that hand like freaked me out the most like the, the, the fucking flood thumb flopping around because yeah. that looked like really realistic and then there was like the whole scene too where they were where that guy got shot in the thigh and they were trying to clamp off his femoral artery yeah and that was fucking fucked up as well or the guy that found a hand and just took it because he and just put it in like the pocket it's like oh somebody might need this and i was yeah. like man that is so fucked up yeah. that is so fucked up well, I can understand the thinking. Yeah, I mean, well, they yeah, thought they I were going to be out of there soon. Maybe they could reattach that. And it's probably good because yeah. you never know. You never I mean, know. You know that guy might appreciate that you picked it up. It's like or you it know, could have been like, well, if we had the hand, we could have we could have saved it. Could have saved. It. We could have put it back on. Yeah. So you just to be safe, better safe than sorry. Just fucking take the hand. Yeah. He's just, like, put it in his bag, like, all calm yeah. and shit. And like, whoop, gonna need that. Yeah. Ben says, remember the guy with the uh, unexploded shell stuck in his leg yeah and that one guy too like got an arp like a like a rocket like right in his side like it killed him but like yeah. they pulled him. <laughs> ben said leave no hand behind there's there's a, <laughs> there's a scene where a guy has a, a m16 with an m203 grenade launcher underneath it and the, and the 16 jams up or he's out of ammo i don't remember what it was he might have been out of, out, of, <laughs> out of ammo m16s basically didn't jam i, uh, I never really saw that um so he engages some guys on the back some engages some guys with a uh, 40 millimeter grenade launcher of an m203 and uh they're on the back of a flatbed truck with a 50 cal mounted to it and they're struggling to reload the 50 cal and he pops up and loads a 40 mic mic round and fucking lobs it in and it lands in front of him and blows him up and they always get that 40 millimeter grenade wrong when you see those things in real the he the he versions um, or HEDP, which is High Explosive Dual Purpose. That was the standard one that they would give us. It was not impressive. It looked like something fireworks. It went off. It looked like a flash cube on an old flashing camera. Yeah. And uh, But the, the ball of light would probably be about that big around, and then there'd be a little bit of a concussion dirt around it. you see like a white, if it was real humid, you'd see like a, a white, concussive shockwave come out of it but it wasn't impressive at all that thing and as far as we knew it wasn't that deadly we just used it to drive people out of dead space if somebody was dead space is a place where like a ditch where everybody's laying down shooting at each other and the lower you get 
the less you can see them, they're now in your dead space, you can lob something. It's called indirect fire. You know, you can't directly see them, so you lob it indirectly into them. You're driving them out of dead space. So the guy will get up and run, and you can shoot him with direct fire. That's usually what that was used for. You lob it in through front ends of bunkers and bunker windows or windows of buildings. But we never really expected that thing to do any damage. When you see it go off, it's it's not impressive. But in the movies, that shit fucking goes off big. You know, boom, big gasoline explosion. And well, yeah, like I that's said. That's the way that's... you wished it went off. That's right. not how it goes off. Well, like I said, you have yeah. to give them some leeway for like yeah. cinematic license. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, shit goes <laughs> off. It's like a joke. You're like, that's it? Actually, I was listening to that documentary, and I was listening to the a bunch of the guys that were there, and they said they were all kind of like in one gathered, you know, the, in one spot, like kind of hiding out. And someone lobbed a grenade in there, and it said it landed like six inches from this one guy's head, and it went off, and they were all freaking out. So they're like, called, they couldn't see anything, and there was like just fucking sand everywhere. And so it's like they were calling out everybody to see if they were okay. And Colette was the name of the guy that was his last name that was the grenade had landed like literally right by his head and they're like oh man he didn't make it you know what i mean because it just went off right there but then they they said like after a minute like everything went quiet and he's just like yeah i'm okay (laughs) they're like how the fuck did that happen well they said well it's like because it was the grenade and they said well it kind of blew upward yeah and they were all kind of like down on the ground so it's he's like nobody got injured and we were just like amazed that that had happened (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Because they're like, we thought that dude's head had gone. Well, you'd off. be surprised if everybody were to just get down and lay down on their bellies and try to look at each other. How everybody, most of the people, you wouldn't be able to see them. Right. Because the earth is not flat. Yeah. Not at least, well, it is when you're around tarmac and shit. You know what I mean? But in your, if you're in nature, it's not very flat. So half the people disappear. You're like, where are you? Because it, you know, cause there's slight bows and rolls to the to the ground, you know? Yeah. So that's enough to stop a grenade fragments. Anything. And you can't shoot at a person. Yeah, like that's I said, it's, it's it. just, again, just kind of like just simple shit it's that simple you wouldn't shit. really... Yeah. That is worm's eye effective. view. Right. It's worm's eye view. Everybody disappears <laughs> and shit. Yeah. Richard Brown said a handbag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a handbag. Yeah. He just put it... I just... I liked the way he was just kind of calm about it. He was just kind of like, oh, well... Might need yeah. that, you know what I mean? And I was like, man, that's so fucked up. Just like the whole casual fucking way that he did it. But you know why he did it, like I said, because you never know. That dude might fucking need that, you know? Um, <laughs> Jones Perkins says, hey, now in the middle of this awesome review, they're denying the flat earth truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the flat earth reality. <laughs> Uh, yeah but uh but yeah so this is uh a great flick uh if you you know it's one of probably one of the best war movies i yeah. mean there's a lot of good war movies i'm not saying that it's but, one of the better ones but this is definitely one of the better ones and yeah. like i said there's some inaccuracies but that's true of any film um i've heard the book is good i read a book about this about the battle of mogadishu but i don't think it was the one that this movie was based on you know what i mean i, th- I kind of feel like it was different because it was a long time ago that i read it but I'm sure the book is really good, too. Uh, but yeah, this is um, one of Ridley Scott's better movies, I thought. You know, just really well shot, um, really exciting, really fucked up, really tense. 
it stressed me out like the whole time not a lot of character development and like i said i know because there's so many characters because the cast is so large like once you get into like all the frenetic you know battle scenes and everything like that it's kind of hard to keep track of where everybody's at and like who got killed and shit like that so and there's um, no women but well, yeah, Ben just said there that. There were no women. Yeah. But, um, well, like I said, it's based on a true story. Yeah, there were no so, women. And yeah. there weren't any there. So, yeah. well, that's... But, yeah, so... I don't know. It's, I was going to say something, but then... Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I threw I, her I, out. I threw, threw her off of it. You said there's no women. No, because you interrupt what, oh, interrupted sorry. what I was saying, I'm and, I, and I forgot what I was saying. It probably didn't matter. I'm sure it's it did. I'm, I'm sure it didn't. You think it's... <laughs> Nothing I say is important. Oh, stop I know. It. Stop it. <laughs> I know. Well, obviously it's not because you keep interrupting. Oh. <laughs> Fucking women. But yeah, well, no, I'm just saying. Okay. You'd be mad if no, I. I was just going. You'd oh, be mad no if I is. interrupted you off the. If I, just, I, if I no interrupt him, he has like a, a flip out about it. I'm talking. Yes. He goes. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah listen to him. But it's like you know. But he interrupts me all the time. <laughs> oh, he doesn't. Think, and he doesn't even think about it. But um. But yeah, definitely a great war movie. We're gonna have to like watch all the extras and stuff like that on it because we yeah. didn't have a chance to do that. But we did actually like watch it last night and it's like really really good. So if you haven't seen it, uh, then give it a watch. And thank you very much again, Louis, for sending it to us. Sorry it took us so long to get to it, but we finally did. Uh, so yeah. Um, all right. So tomorrow is Monday, which means it's a haunting Mondays time. And I think we're going to revisit a haunting in Florida, which is what we were talking yeah. about that last week that we wanted to redo that yeah. one. Because like I said, you, you know, you know that guy and yeah. shit like that. And that's a good episode too. Yeah. And like I said, we're familiar with the area. So I'll send him a message, tell him we'll redo it, but that dude does not want to be on the show. No. Well, no. I you can't blame him. Like I said. He, he said, he told me he didn't want to talk about it anymore. He says, nah, I don't want to talk about it. Anymore. And the thing about it is like that show, like a haunting in Florida, that it was a long time ago. Yeah. Like that show, I think it first aired like back in 2006 yeah. or something. All so his kids like, are grown now and everything. Right. So it's, they're probably just like, yeah, yeah, that's a long, that was a long time ago. So I don't blame him. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? But we're going to revisit the episode anyway, because that is an episode that we like. And, you know, it's kind of an interesting one. And like I said, it's an area that I'm pretty familiar with because I grew up only about 20 or 30 minutes from there, from where the house is. So, uh, so yeah, so hopefully you guys can hang out with us tomorrow evening at 7.30 for The Haunting Show. And we will see you guys then. Good night. <laughs>